and welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5C.Consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Adaptive Executive. I'm your host, Greg Ballard, and I am joined by a very special guest, Deborah Fell, Managing Partner with Chief Outsiders. Deborah, glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Great to be here. So you and I, we've, we've connected many times over the last several years. We've built a, a really good relationship, and, and, and I've just uh, finally got you here on the show, and so I'm glad to have you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, so Deb, could you tell us a little bit about your journey and what brought you to Chief Outsiders? Well, what brought me to Chief Outsiders in, in the first place was I have many years of uh, uh, being a, in marketing, marketing leader, um, you know, starting off from the beginning, you know, a long time ago. And, and at one point, I had stepped out of my role uh, as a senior vice president of brand marketing for Marriott International, which I, I loved never intended to stay there as many years as I had. And I stepped to, into a role as CMO for a company out of Sweden with global opera, operations. And at a certain point, chief, someone from Chief Outsiders called me and they said, you know, we're kind of doing, you're kind of doing what we're doing. And how would you like to be part of an organization that's full of chief marketing officers? So your peers are chief marketing officers. And it didn't take me long to say, yes, let's go. And I haven't... <laughs> back. That was eight or nine years ago. And um, it, it's just been great to be in, in the group. And now we've added chief sales officers so we can really address the growth engine, the growth needs uh, of companies uh, uh, that we work with. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about Chief Outsiders, yeah. you know, the market you serve, you know, and, and how you guys operate. Chief Outsiders uh, is a company that's really focused on helping CEOs of mid-market, and I like to say 20 million to 200 million just because it has a ring to it, but mm -hmm. certainly smaller and larger, but that's on a bell curve. That's probably our focus, but CEOs of mid-market companies, and this is the big important line, who want to grow, who are, who are interested in growth. They may have growth challenges or want to open up new markets or want to be more wildly successful than they are today. Uh, versus their markets. Um, and, and that's what the company is really about. How do we do that? We have uh, about 130 fractional, and I used to have to explain that to everyone. Now it seems to be more, more known. We can be interim or we can come, we come in on a part-time basis, um, but help to, to deliver full-time results, big-time results uh, for companies in the, in the mid-market, whether they have a marketing challenge and need a marketing plan, or they may have a sales team that needs leadership or even a sales leader who wants some help in putting together or improving the foundations that they, that they have or in supporting some of their people. Um, and so we work with companies, whether they're, um, uh, they could be private equity portfolio companies. We work with many, many private equity portfolio companies. They, or, or they could be a family-founded, multi-generational company or a regular company with a regular CEO 
uh, who's, who's, who's looking to grow. That's fantastic. So if I'm capturing this is your team can come in, kind of hit the ground running and yes. operate as that chief marketing officer, that chief yes. sales officer and yes. be on the team, fully immersed, supporting right. the CEO uh, into realizing their vision. Yes, absolutely. Now I'm managing partner today on the executive team of the company. Um, so I'm not really consulting at this point, except every time I talk to a CEO, I am consulting in, in some way, uh, listening and asking questions. Um, but, but yes, you, I, I can remember um, having, having, talking to a CEO on a Friday when I was consulting and saying, how, how soon do you, you know, if we were to do this, how, how soon would you want me there? He said, can you be in New York on Monday? And I said, yes. And I was there on Monday and I was in New York every week for, you know, quite some time. Um, so we, we are instantly on, um, and what that means is we don't come, come in and take, you know, six months to, to onboard. We come in and look for low hanging fruit immediately and start working on the scope of work that we've discussed with the CEO and getting there in the first place. Um, we tend to sit on the executive team in our clients. We are the CSO or we are the CMO in the company. If there is a team, we're leading it. Um, um, and that's how we, we operate for the most part. So that's, so I would say the stakes are high, right? The stakes are high. You, you don't get a redo. Right. And there's no mulligans at, at this level. Right. And, and the deliverables and the deliverables are clear. The deliverables not, are clear. Not, well, I'd like to say, in fact, one of my CMOs says we're not furniture. We don't just come and sit in the corner office. There's no corner offices for us. You know, we're we're there to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, build the muscle inside the company, maybe even helping them hire people, but certainly mentoring and training their people so that they're better off uh, and they have a not a not just a roadmap and a playbook, but they have things in process. They have scaled, they are scaling. They are at a different level in terms of their customer growth, whatever the objective was. So that's fantastic. And one of the things that I'd love you to dive into, kind of speak a little bit to the caliper of the chief marketing officers, the chief sales officers that are on your team. And in addition to that, if you could speak to how you've had to transition from being one of them to leading a group of them. Yes, yes. So I'll tell you that we hire about 1% of the people that we interview. Um, and so that gives you a sense that we talk to a number of people, but we're very selective. Uh, and, and part of that selection process is, I mean, I'm not even talking to them unless they've had multiple successful stints as a CMO or a CSO, preferably in different industries. If they've been, been spent their whole career in one industry, they're likely not going to be a, a chief outsiders because we want someone who has really um, certainly a perspective uh, beyond one industry and has been successful. I mean, it, how, do, how do you stay in one company for, for 20 years and then suddenly be going from company to company to make a difference? So some of these things, but certainly ha having led and driven the success in a few companies, not just been in the room when it happened. 
And so we have a very extensive process uh, for, for interviewing, but you spoke to the caliber of people. It's really, you know, it's really the, the best of the best world-class marketing experts, world-class sales leaders. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting because one of the, one of the, the, the new interviewing, uh, um, I don't know what the word is to use, approaches, I guess is the right word that I take, is um, I, I've actually said, let me give you the five reasons not to join Chief Outsiders, because we want to make sure people know this is different. This is not sitting in a corner office, if that's what they've been doing. This is rolling up the sleeves and getting things done. Um, you know, have I written a press release? Have I written a line of copy? Have I actually pushed email campaigns out through Salesforce or HubSpot? You bet. But our primary role is really developing the, the insights and the strategy. Because if you don't have the right insights and you don't have the right strategies, then all your execution will can tend to be random acts of marketing. So having these great world-class leaders who know how to prioritize, create the right strategies, work within another organization, within the culture of that organization, and make sure that the right things are executed and that it works. And that really takes the, the best of the best to, to know how to do that, who also have extraordinary people skills. Yeah, so this is where I get really kind of excited and interested. Like, I really want to click on this because you're, the folks on your team, they're operating in a fractional way the the stakes are high there there is no mulligans the deliverables are clear and they have consistently performed right there's a track record of performance and I, well, these these folks from what i gather these your your team goes into not just one company at a time but may have multiple companies that they're okay. supporting as mm-hmm. a fractional you know chief marketing chief sales officer so you know, the lens that we like to explore in this podcast is what helps managers to be adapt- adaptive, what helps a- executives to be adaptive. And the folks in your team, like, exemplify that. They're, they're doing their role at, lev- at, at, at a all-star level in multiple different scenarios. And I'd be curious to say, what are some of the principles or the values or the approaches that you give people coming in to Chief Outsiders so they can operate in that adaptive way, shifting between different seats, different companies, and still really performing at a high level. Yes. And let me just say this, and then I'll answer your question. Um, For the most part, the CEOs that they work with, we we tell them, for example, Joe has three clients. You're You're the third client. And then we have that whole discussion about them. What does that mean? That doesn't mean he's working the first, you know, three hours of the day. That's not what that means. Um, but they 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 forget that they're not their full time person because our team has a way of of working very effectively and very efficiently and just always being available. So if a CEO needs to get information or needs to run something by one of our folks at seven or eight o'clock on a Friday evening. They're going to call or we're going to answer the phone. And that's called commitment. So to get back to your first question, you know, the, the, I think the first thing is that the, the, the fractional executives, and I'll just use that term for CMO and CSO, but the, the fractional executive um, needs to be, first of all, interested 
be more interested than interesting, we like to say. Be interested in that CEO and his or her business problem. Because when they call us and when they sign on for chief outsiders, they're not doing that because they want to just work with someone, you know, to get A, B done, ABC done. They're doing it because they have a level of pain. They have a problem that they need solved or an urgent um, strategic initiative that, that needs to, to be for advanced and it's for whatever reason, it's, it's not advancing. So our, our team needs to understand what those issues are and be excited about and committed to working with this. So it's being clear on mission. That's number one. Now, the other part of the challenge is when you get in there, it's rarely exactly as described. Even though we tend to talk to a few people, you know, you know this in your own world, we get in yeah. there, something was in the unsaid, if you will. And so we have to, our guys have to kind of pivot. And, and, and sometimes even get with the CEO and say, now, these were the priorities when we started. This is what I see. Mm -hmm. And talk that through and say, I think we should do more of this and less of this. Or maybe this goes away and this comes in altogether. And then that gets negotiated because it is all mm -hmm. about alignment with the CEO, which is number two, mm -hmm. is that they should be in rock solid with alignment with the CEO in about every way you can think of. We even provide a checklist and new, you know, CMOs and CSOs sometimes look at me like, really? When we go through this, we have a checklist to even ask, like, how does the CEO like to communicate? Do you prefer text? Do you prefer email? Okay. We, we want to check in with them at least 30 minutes a week. We can talk about anything the CEO wants to talk about. We're probably going to want to give them a little bit of update, tell them what's ahead, maybe tell them what we learned. But it is about maintaining that alignment that's a, a continuous alignment and relationship building but with the ceo and the third point is and it's also not just the ceo this is where i think you know we're a consulting firm by definition but we really are a bunch of operational executives who have reported you know to the in the c-suite to the ceo for the better part of our careers and we have some who have been the CEO, <laughs> but so we, we understand that we understand things have to get done. So, but, but, but it, it is important for everyone to remember that you're also working with perhaps your team. You may be work, you need to work with the CFO who's running, you know, a uh, customer service where, you know, have you, have you spoken with, you know, the head engineer or anyone who's running manufacturing, really understanding, and certainly HR. Do you know the CHRO? Do you understand what his or her opinion is of what's going on and, and what we need to work on? So it is building relationships, certainly with the CEO, being on point to the, the vision and the mission, um, or helping them define it, um, but also uh, being integrated into the company as, a, as an outstanding member of the team. And I, I will just stop for a moment. I have to share this story with you. This same uh, CEO, interestingly, that I spoke to on a Friday, he wanted me in New York on a Monday. I, I worked for them for actually a couple of years. And um, at one point early on, after an executive team meeting in New York for that company, he calls me into his office. 
And it was time for me, me to do a check-in, just kind of how are things going? And I happened to say, you know, let's pause for a moment and and let me just know any feedback you have. It can be the largest thing, it could be the smallest thing. You know, just let me know and feel always feel free to tell me what you want. And he says, well, I do have one for you. And I like really wasn't looking for one, but he, he said, I want you to be the CMO. And I said, this may be a trick question, but, but I, I am the CMO. I'm not sure I'm understanding your, your question. He said, in that meeting we were just in, one of our guys who doesn't know anything about marketing, you know, raised a point to, to kind of challenge you. And, and you came back with a very gracious response and illuminated everyone. But he said, I want you to not be the consultant. I want you to be the CMO. And these folks need to understand that you know more on your pinky than they'll ever know in their whole life about how to run the marketing of this company. And I just don't want you to ever feel like you have to dance around anything as a consultant. I want your mm. full-on leadership and marketing leadership in this company. So I tell that story to every new person. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're, if they haven't consulted before, they'll ex experience this. But even if they have consulted before, it, it merits a reminder of it, it isn't just the skill and the experience that we bring in terms of the functions that we've spent a lot of time in. It's the leadership that we bring to the, these businesses. Oh. And let's click on that for a second, because I think a lot of our, our listeners may not recognize the difference, right? Because as a chief mm -hmm. officer in an organization, mm -hmm. you represent like the first chair for that discipline, yes. marketing, sales, yes. um, finance, you know, you know, engineering, w whatever it is, you represent the first chair. Because I, I don't know if you're familiar with um, you know, first chair leadership, second chair leadership, right? The first chair is the one looking out into the abyss and charting the path that everybody else has got to follow. Mm -hmm. And the CEO is pulling their team to, you know, a, a, an effective CEO is charting the path for the company and he identifies or she identifies their lieutenants. Hey, I need you to run this, lead this, right? And that individual gets to really kind of operate as a first chair in that discipline. And that is a very different um, yeah. mindset and posture and position to a consultant. Because a consultant is they, here's my expertise. You have to make the decision. You have to decide, yes. right? And so what I'm hearing in this story, which I think is a really great story, is, is being challenged to say, listen, I don't want you to just be the advisor. Yes. I want you to be the fixed point in the room to yes. establish our course. Yes, yes. And that's really, that's really the role. And that's the difference, I think, between mm. outsiders and, and a consulting firm, for example. Each have their own, you know, purpose and, and mission in, in going in. Um, so, but, but I think those are really the, you know, sort of the main things that we say to a, a new chief outsiders. And then the fourth that I've started adding is really along these same lines. And in fact, I, 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 we have a fairly extensive onboarding program. Um, and I uh, was asked to do a video around the topic of leadership. You know, no, 
boundaries to it, no outline for what it is. And I, I was very easy for me <laughs> to just do a short video. And it, re it really is all about this, this leadership piece. Because there's a million people, I don't even know, more than a million marketers out there. There's lots of people who develop programs, lots of people who do this and that. But what we need are, are the folks who understand how to look at data and information and a market, know what to do, and then has the leadership skills to take, you know, certainly create the marketing or sales plan or both, but then has the leadership skills to inspire the firm to engage mm. the firm along the way because you don't like go off and make a marketing plan come back you know stick it in somebody's inbox and say here you go you know i'll have my x amount of money now it, it's it, it is bringing people along getting their feedback truly listening listening is a very important leadership skill inspiring others along the way and leading the business forward um and and that is a key point that i that i make to new folks, and 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 whenever someone, uh, you know, I have uh, uh, twenty some uh, fractional executives that I'm specifically responsible for. I'm responsible for helping, as my CEO says, helping us build a better company. But I also have responsibility for uh, Virginia Domain, uh, if you mm -hmm. will. Right, right. Um, and I have a group of CSOs and CMOs there. And we do one-on-ones and et cetera. And, and sometimes the conversation will be around, around, you know, just explaining a scenario to me and, and looking to, you know, how can I, you know, how can I shift this dialogue or this isn't, you know, I don't feel like I've quite broken through on this relationship. And it's inevitably about the leadership piece. Um, and we hire great leaders, but sometimes people just need to be reminded when you go in as a consultant in our business, part of what we bring is we're battle-tested leaders. You know, we've led companies through, you know, some of the most difficult economic times and we'll, we'll continue to do so. And I can find lots of people to do marketing stuff, but very few tip of the spear is going to be the leaders who really know how to get in there, communicate, build relationships, inspire and lead the business forward to a better place. I love it. I, and, and, and there's such a significant difference between the mindset in that and i really want to draw that out what i want to um let me see if i capture these four things and um you can calibrate me but number one clear on mission mission yes. vision yes. number two alignment with the ceo and maybe even hyper alignment right that's yes. to over exaggerate it but to be really aligned and in lockstep yes. with the ceo um integrated into the company so a team player right yes. and really um belonging and becoming one of them i think this was some language I would add. And then three, understanding that leadership, what I might reframe as first chair leadership and, yes. and really being yes. that fixed point for everyone to follow. Yes. So the thing I would sort of build out a little bit on being in alignment, rock solid alignment, is alignment often come, it doesn't mean everybody's agreeing all the time. In fact, mm. alignment, and you you can explain this better than I can, alignment comes through a process of really teasing apart and having different points of view and finding not the lowest common denominator, but find, finding the best cop possible space. So it isn't just about one of our executives coming in, getting the download, and then going out like a, a toy soldier, you know, to go make it happen. It is about aligning on the CEO's vision because it's their vision, it's their company, 
where we see a better way, we're going to talk about that. We're going to give evidence of that. We're going to make recommendations and suggestions and frame up what's going to happen you know, if, if there is a point of disagreement. So alignment is not just about a rote follow through. It is about those conversations. And that's also where after you get past the proposal and you're on the business, those weekly meetings, it's a continuous process of alignment. And, and I think I would add a fourth to my three mm-hmm. for them to understand that we are going into essentially different cultures. And it's the respect for those cultures and the understanding of those cultures and being additive to those cultures versus deciding whether it's good in the middle or bad and, 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 and seeking to change it. it. It is about respecting that culture. And, you know, if we have points to be made to make them to the CEO regarding culture, but it, it, it is an important alignment with culture versus coming in to try to break the culture. Really important point. Yeah, I remember, you know, I, one of the conversations that we had, um, we talked about this specifically and you had, you know, you were sharing that y- your team um, adopts the corporate values. Um, yeah. Of all their clients, so when you go in, you're going to understand these are the these are the values of the organization. And as a leader in the organization, I will embrace and embody these while here, right? Yes. And and that's an interesting capability. It is to be able to you know that not everybody has the ability to say okay, over here I'm going to be embracing, embodying, and leading um, yes. these core values, and over there I'm going to do those. That's an adaptability. Like, and in my work and my experience, it takes a true understanding of self. Yes. As an individual, right? Your yes. own character and your core yes. values in yes. order to be able to operate on other core values. Yeah. 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 To, and to respect them. And, yeah. and that's, that's, that's why we do want to see a track record of having been in multiple companies successfully. Yeah makes a tremendous amount of sense. Um, so I'd like to ask you, Deb, as you lead, I think you said about 27 CMO, CSOs, what have you learned kind of stepping out of the, the, the role of being, you know, the person going in the fractional seat chief officer, right? And now you're coordinating and supporting a team of these very high caliber, very talented, effective yes. leaders. Yeah. First of all, it's it's really an amazing um, and inspiring role. Uh, I also recognize it's not a normal role <laughs> to to have you know this caliber of people and and imagine being. I mean, we have a, a CMO of our company who's really a principal of our company, and I used to say, so what it's what's it like to be the CMO of all these CMOs? But um, it it is. Uh, it is incredibly rewarding, and every one-on-one, every regional meeting that we have, and certainly we go to the national meetings, um, I, I'm I'm just constantly amazed and humbled. Uh, at the same time, you know, I'm responsible for leading and managing this group of people, and it's a different leadership challenge. Even when I was at Marriott, leading a, an incredible group of VPs on my team, um, mm-hmm. and and. If the only reason that any of them are not at Marriott is because they they made that choice. It was a very strong team 
uh, to carry the business, you know, through the next. Um, but this group is, they were essentially me at all, all these other companies. And so if you, if I were to come in and try to like manage them, you know, which I actually think is an overrated skill. I mean, I'm not in the management business. I'm in the leadership business. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that I can lead this team, that I can be a, an ear that they can listen to, where I can, they can walk me through a situation and I can ask them questions, you know, and then they figure it out themselves. Or maybe I can give an example of one of my consulting engagements or a prior employer. So it's a, it's, it's a role of, um, I mean, it's a serious role. It, it isn't that I'm just, I get a chance to have really fun conversations about marketing, you know, all day, every day. It, it is a challenging and serious role to really, first of all, bring in the right people, um, to be a part of everyone's journey getting started, and to then aid and support those that need help along the way. And then we we are a different kind of company that recognizes we're not we're not the, always the right fit for people. And as our company evolves and as individuals evolved, we may have been the right fit for a, a time, and then we may no longer be the right fit. Again, these are accomplished individuals who may go on and do a variety of other things. But we are also, I mean, our people are W-2 employees. So we're not a loose federation. We mm-hmm. are. We have a culture. We want people who are dedicated to our mission, which means being dedicated to each of these CEOs, you know, missions that they, that they work for. So, so me being able to be supportive, to be adaptive and to encourage them to do the same in the companies that they're in and, and to, to inspire and lead that is, is really the, the crux of the job. Yeah. And I can, I can, I, I, I appreciate the nuance between management and leadership and to think about the caliber of people and not just the caliber of people, but the, the task that you've given them, that you've requesting of them, right? Go here into that person's house and serve yes. them. Right, you right. know, if you begin managing them, you're, you're not right. really, you're not serving them in any particular way or their client, the client. Um, so I have a curious question for you. I didn't prompt you on these, but um, first thing that comes to your mind, how do you define leadership? I define it as it, it's really, you know, inspiration and uh um, side by side, and uh, the ability to not not just be in a position of power, but to be in in a position to actually set a vision for the future and have people follow you there, which I think definitionally is done through through listening and inspiration. I love it. Next question. Is it possible to lead without having technical chops? Without having t- technical chops? Yes. Yeah. So, for for example, um, maybe engineering or coding, marketing versus mm-hmm. leading. So, being brought in to lead a team of people 
on yeah. something yes. when you don't have the back, yeah. the technical background that everyone else in the room does. Yeah. Yeah. I would say yes, 100%. And in fact, sometimes I wonder if if you're a better leader when you don't, because so often folks can start to that know so much, you know, mm-hmm. that they begin to either do or begin to advise on what to do when that's not the role. Right. Right. I love it. So as we begin to wrap up, a couple of other things I wanted to kind of see if I can pull from you. Is there any practice or thing that you do to keep you on the bleeding edge and the being adaptive as a leader of leaders? Well, first of all, I hang out with some of the brightest people in the world who every day are having new challenges. And on many days, they're sharing them with me. And mm-hmm. I, I, we, we are a learning culture. That, that is part of, that is a differentiated aspect of Chief Outsiders. We learn from one another. We learn from outside. We even reimburse folks um, for going out and doing some type of development as long as they come back and share what they've learned within our company. So learning, learning is a big part of, a big part of what we do. Um, so, so, so I would say really, um, uh, listening and engaging. I, uh, do a lot of reading, you know, I do what, what most people do. I, I assume, you know, there's, you've got to, you've got to pick the right podcast conferences, you know, and, and books and so forth, but I'm, I'm pretty avid reader and, but I, but I would say the advantage I have over the average person is I'm just surrounded by about 130, you know, nationwide of our people who, who I would put up against anybody. I don't even think I could get the job at Chief Outsiders now. These folks are so great uh, and are, you know, whether it's, whether it's technology or data science or Engine, engine, an engineering challenge, you know, uh, name an industry or a problem, and chances are we've focused on that. Um, and I have all these folks to interact with and, and learn from. Um, but certainly we have, you know, folks who will just by their nature will say, okay, I want to master AI. I'm just making that up. That's a, that's a shiny thing. It's real. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to push on that. There's a lot, a lot going on in there, out there, and and we now have some who I would at this point consider to be experts. I have I sold uh, into a, a business that's all about uh, AI because a part of my job is business development, really anywhere in the country, but obviously focusing on the Northeast as well. And I and I knew exactly who to bring in because he was very focused on on AI and he could he could talk the talk. But interestingly, the, the marketing challenge had nothing to do with AI. Mm. You know, it had to do with growth. But he happened to have that understanding. This was a business um, focused on AI so he could come in and you know, do all the translation and, and get the business to where they wanted to get to. Now, I could pick many people because they have each decided to be masters of knowledge here and do, uh, you know, and one of the best ways is to do um, is to teach others. So they'll go learn, um, expose themselves to a lot of information, actually deploy it within the companies that they work with. And then they'll do, um, uh, learning sessions 
within Chief Outsiders, some on the national stage at a national meeting. I've got a regional meeting come up. I'm going to pull in somebody. And so it's this constant regeneration of learning and, and what's next. And is it a shiny toy? It, does it need to be deployed? And then learning the use case and bringing it back in for all of us, including myself, to, to learn. Now, the other side of the coin is in the business of leadership, you know, how do I stay on top of my game there? And that's a separate study for me. And it's been a lifelong one. Well, I shouldn't say lifelong, but it feels like it's been a whole life uh, since I, I started, gosh, probably probably in, in, the, in the early 90s, leadership mm. became a focus for me. And, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to get an executive coach when I was at Marriott, who, who really my quest was leadership. And then I began to focus with my teams on leadership. And it, it really is a constant for me to want to improve my leadership skills and want to be able to leverage leadership um, to help other people accomplish what they want to accomplish, whether that's a CEO, a chief sales officer, chief marketing officer, and certainly within my own company. Um, as I said early on in this in this podcast, you can find many people to do many things. Leaders, I think, are few and far be between. So to me, that's where I really want the mastery. So I'm going to summarize what I heard you say in some bullets because you said a few things there. One, I think the first thing you talked about is you're surrounded. You said it several times. You're surrounded by some really smart people on the cutting edge of what's going on, right? So it's not just smart people, but smart people that are actually in the work, in the yes. weeds doing the work. So yes. you're exposed to what's going on on the front lines. And then you talked about reading and conferences and podcasts and staying exposed to thought leadership and what's going on in the discourse inside your industry and others. And then, and the last one, which personal passion of mine is- you, your own personal development, right? To clicking in early to say leadership is going to be what gets me, you know, to where I want to go. And it's going to take investment over time, working with mentors, working with coaches, working with other folks so that you can hone your skills. Yes. 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 I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you asked that questions because sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, cause we all want to know so much about so many things and be good at so many things. And it never ends. It, I don't know when it ends. I, I don't, I'm not looking for it too, but to be to be reminded that if, if I'm remembered for anything, uh, and surely we'll all be remembered for something, but being a great leader uh, mm. would be the headline. I, I hope, or that I aspire to. I love it, uh, Deborah Fell, Chief Outsiders. I'm so excited to have you here. We could keep going. I mean, we've had yeah. long conversations many yeah, times. So um, I really just want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing what you've talked about today. If folks want to reach out to you or connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do so? I would say they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, certainly, I'm on the Chief Outsiders website as well. All right. And we will put both of those um, links into the show notes. Great. And so there we go. Deborah Fell, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. 
Again, my name is Greg Ballard, and thank you for listening.